Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And it's an honor for us to be with you here today. Thank you for tuning in, whether you're watching us or just listening to us. Hey, thanks for being a part of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. We are grateful that you are including us in your journey. We know you have a lot of different choices when it comes to who you listen to and what you watch. But if you've chosen us, we are thank- we are thankful because we uh, we believe that you can have a more remarkable life and a more remarkable business. And we believe that if you can make that ascension from the owner operator to the CEO and become a remarkable CEO, that you will see those things happen. And that is at the at the foundation of our heart and why we actually have this podcast and why we're talking to you right now. So, thanks for taking the time to to join us today. I think you're going to enjoy the topic if you were stimulated by the title. Yeah, we're going to be talking about pricing. We're going to be talking about finances. We've actually got a lot of good feedback, actually, even on the episodes we've been doing on money. I think it's been really, really helpful. So that's inspired us. So we're continuing to talk about money concepts, money mindsets, pricing, things like that. Uh, If you've just tuned into our podcast, this is your first one, go back and listen to some of the other episodes as well. There's been some Great episodes on money, just even in the last 10 episodes we've done. So make sure you circle back and get some of that those concepts because that'll really help feed you uh, as we discuss today on our topic, which is about price testing. So Dr. Steven, I know this came from a place of inspiration uh, and something that we teach as well uh, about pricing and price testing. So uh, first of all, it's great to be today, together today in the studio and uh, excited for our episode today. Dr. Pete, as always, good to see you, brother. Excited for today's conversation. We're going to be talking about pricing. Uh, This is an exciting conversation for a lot of people because really people get super sphincteric when you start talking about what things cost. In other words, what do you price your services at, right? So uh, today we're going to get into uh, some of the fundamentals, some of the business fundamentals and what we're learning now about the marketplace because this is a fluid thing, right? So the marketplace is always changing, but there's some business fundamentals that are unchanging. And we want to make sure that we're applying these rules with some guiding metrics, right? So we have some laws of the jungle, some constructs to operate under. As you know, we, we love to bring constructs to the chiropractic space. Today, we're going to talk about how to do price testing so we can make sure that you're, you are, you're capturing as much value as possible because we know that as chiropractors, we're always focused on delivering as much value as possible, right? So you know the value equation, there's creating value, there's delivering value, there's adding value, there's capturing value, right? So that's the value economy, if you will. So when you're creating value, that's the patient education process. Now, we all know that most people show up to a chiropractic practice and they really have no context for the value of chiropractic and what we really do, right? So that's the patient education piece. 
And then there's delivering value, which is the execution piece. That's like educating and adjusting people and changing their health trajectory. And adding value is the perception piece of it, which is what does a person realize is the value of their chiropractic care? Like, why do they start care? Why do they stay under care? And then, of course, there's capturing value, which is the transaction component of this, right? So it's what that means getting paid for the awesome works of uh, service and love that we provide in our community. So, you know, I think chiropractors should be the second highest people and paid people in town. <laughs> we've got, we've got the second most important message in town, right? So, and we just make such a huge impact in with the families, the people that we get to take care of. So let's make sure that you're capturing as much value as you are delivering, right? Because money follows value. And, you know, this is, this is ultimately where the rubber hits the road, so to speak, is what people are willing to pay for your services. So let's go over some rules of thumb so that we're not just making it up as we go, because it turns out that people will pay a lot more than we probably expect. Yeah, Doc, I mean, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to go off of a little bit of what you just talked about, and I'm going to go back to the heart for a minute. So let me ask you a question, you know, is chiropractic care more valuable today than it was 10 years ago. Think about that for a minute. Is, is chiropractic care more valuable today than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, when you first got into practice, whenever that was? And I want you just to think about that. I know from my side, as a chiropractor who sees what's going on in the world around me, and I see what's going on with people and their health, I will tell you, me that I know and I believe that chiropractic, the value of chiropractic has increased significantly in the last 10 years. If you think about the cost of being sick, the cost of disease, the cost of it actually has gone up tremendously. And so if you think about the cost of or the value of, of health and helping people get and stay healthy, that has only increased. And if we see also the, the fact that there are more subluxated, toxic, and deficient people roaming the earth now than ever before, it also is convicting to me that we have to do even more. We have to do a better job of reaching the people and providing the service, but also capturing the value for the services that we provide. Because the alternate options aren't good. And so if you think about it right now, as a chiropractor, your value that you provide is actually even more valuable than it's, than it's ever been in history. The question is, and Dr. Steven presented this, when you look at the economy of value in your business, are you creating value? Meaning, are you educating? Check yourself on that. How are you doing if you audited your business on creating value? Or have you gotten fatigued in that area? When it comes to delivering value? Are we executing with excellence? Have we, have we lowered any standard at any time uh, when it comes to delivering value? Or do we continue to look for more ways to deliver value in a higher level in the experience for the patient? Number three, are we adding value? Are you continuing to add value? When is the last time that you ask a patient, why do you get adjusted? Why do you choose to see the chiropractor, us specifically, regularly? Why is this important to you to be under regular chiropractic care, you and your family? Asking questions like this will tell you a whole lot 
about the adding of value, how much value you've added to someone's life. And then the last one, which we're going to dig a little bit deeper into is the capturing of value, which we talk about being in fair exchange. And, and so if, if chiropractic care is truly priceless, we like to say it's priceless, but if you had to put a price tag on it, what should it be? We're going to get into that today. So I just want to set the tone for this just to say, hey, friends, as you're listening, recognize what you do is priceless, but you got to put a price tag on it. It's more valuable than it has been ever before in history. So let's get our pricing right. It's time to get it right. And I think some of you are going to leave this, this call today, this episode, <laughs> this podcast, and you're going to have to go back to the drawing board and actually really relook at where you're at right now. So the timing couldn't have been better because guess what? It's about value and it's time to capture more value. I love that you went there, Pete, because, you know, the reality is, is that the demand for chiropractic care continues to go up. The need for chiropractic care is something that we all know as chiropractors and appreciate as chiropractors that the, the need has gone up tremendously. Right. So and let's face the facts. Here's the truth. You're getting better. You know, you're a better chiropractor now than you were five years ago, 10 years ago, and your team is getting better. Your patient's experience is getting better in your practice. Your services are getting better. Your outcomes are getting better, right? So, of course, you know, all of those things, you know, everything else holding the same, holding true, you should be increasing your prices. But here's the kicker. Like, you're probably undercharging to begin with, right? So uh, here's, here's, here's what we know, right? So here's what we know. So when you look at the pricing in your practice right now, so... What do you charge per visit and from that and, and the other services like so whether it's an examination or it's an x-ray or it's a, an adjustment or, you know, however you frame it, just think like super high level with us. You're probably undercharging. And, and you know, there's there's a there's a few heuristics here that I want to share with you. Something that I heard here recently, which I found fascinating as I was doing this price study, is that. 65% of your patients wouldn't even notice if you increased your prices by 15%. They wouldn't notice, they wouldn't care. Right? So, you know, for most of you right now, you're like, oh my gosh, wow, let's increase my prices by 15%. Really, 65% of my patients wouldn't even notice. Think about it. Most of them would not notice, right? So, yes, that leaves 35% of people that you'd have wailing and gnashing of teeth, right? So, we know that that's what's going to happen. But you know what? Don't mistake a complaint for an objection. Right. So remember, that's, you know, people like to complain. They complain all the time. It's cold outside. Uh huh. Put a coat on. It's hot outside. I get it. You know, we're dress appropriately. Right. So don't mistake a complaint for an objection. We always want to solve everybody's, you know, complaints. Don't try to solve complaints. Listen to them. Right. And that's the essence of price testing. Here's, here's where this conversation comes from, Pete. So we had a, uh, we had a mastermind this week as this is a mastermind week for us. So, uh, you know, you and I are coming rolling out of this thing hot. One of the conversations that we had in one of our masterminds groups was with one of our docs. He's been with us for years. In fact, he started with us as an associate and he bought his clinic from uh, the owner. So now he's the owner of the clinic. For the last three years now, he's been the owner of the clinic and they've been doing awesome gangbusters. I mean, they're crushing it like 700 a week, four associate doctors now. I mean, just so proud of the work that he's doing. Just amazing. Uh, and it's been an honor to really coach him through this process. But we were going through some of our metrics as in the mastermind. And one thing we talked about was conversion rates, looking back at first quarter, doing our assessment process. But we recognized that he was enjoying a 93% conversion rate on new patients on day two, right? So 93% conversion rates. 
across five doctors, him and his four associate doctors. And as much as that's awesome, and I want to recognize that, like what it takes to do that, every CEO cell in my body was like, whoa, 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 that conversion rate is way too high, right? And, and that's counterintuitive, right? So as much as you want to give them a hug and a high five, I also had to get, put them into a headlock and say, listen, that conversion rate is too high because your marketplace is telling you that they would pay more. Okay, they would pay more for your services. So as much as it was, congratulations, that's awesome. That number tells us what to do. And in this situation, it tells us you've got to increase your prices because in the remarkable practice, as soon as we see conversion rates on day two start eking up above 85%, that's your market telling you, hey, you can bump up your prices and it's time to price test. Yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> I don't know how long you let them you enjoy the, the 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 reporting of how great are but that's that's what happens when you submit yourself to a coaching uh experience and a and a ceo mastermind you know very quickly like it's very sobering you know but the, the good news is is that you're putting yourself in an environment where you know what there's always a room to grow there's always room to improve and while we celebrate that achievement and that accomplishment it also exposes where we need to grow. So this is an interesting thing. Sometimes we look at only the stats that are down, right? And we think, oh man, we got to really work on these stats. These stats are down. But what about the numbers that are up and what that tells you? So it's a really, it's a cool concept. So first of all, I want to speak to the, you know, you as you are listening, number one, do you have your numbers and do you know what your numbers are? And do you know what the standard is for conversion? And are you actually converting people true conversion, which is a, another metric to measure? And, and then are you, are, where are you at with the prices then? So doc, like you said, I think for me, when I sit, think about pricing, I think about, well, what's, what's the, my, what are the other Kairos in town charging? And then I would base it based on that, right? That's a general rule. That's how most, uh, or maybe you were a part of an organization and they said, what are, what are people charging these days? And you're like, oh, this? Okay, cool. I'll charge that. So let's talk a little bit about like how you actually come up with pricing in the first place. Because I think that's a good place to start. Like how did you arrive at your current prices and what should they be? And then what to do when it look, if, if you recognize that your prices are too low, which we're going to assume most of us are undercharging for what we deliver, what would, what would be a good approach to the price, right, right sizing your pricing. Because I want to come out of this meeting, Dr. Steven, today saying, hey, I've done an audit assessment and I've recognized, you know what, I need to right size my prices. And this is why I want to have an intelligence around that so that I can tell my team what we're doing and why. And if a patient ever has a complaint or an objection, we can actually have a really intelligent conversation with them as well. So the reality is, is that, that we're going to be talking about it. There's a whole landscape of um, practices here and how they run their businesses as far as you know, you might have the majority of your practice might be third-party pay, right? So it might be, there might be a lot of insurance. Well, guess what? The insurance company is going to tell you what you charge and what they pay, right? So I know that that's a lot of people are thinking right now, or maybe it's a cash-like practice or it's a cash practice, like the whole gamut, the whole spectrum here. So if you're wrapped up in third-party agreements, you know, you have a relationship with a, uh, with an insurance company, they, they dictate what you can charge or what they'll reimburse is what, is what matters, right? That's a different conversation and it just highlights another limitation of working with insurance companies because they're going to dictate to you and your business what you charge and what the you know what they'll pay what they'll reimburse so entirely different conversation but even to that practitioner remember there's 
also as you get people out of you know what they would consider medically necessary care, which is probably another podcast episode. Uh, you know, so you get people into corrective care, you get them into wellness care, into maintenance care. People start paying out of pocket. This is really, you know, this is a different terrain. And in addition to adjusting, what other services are you offering? Are you doing supplements or hard goods or, you know, do you have a trainer in your office? What have you like a weight loss program or anything else like that? So this applies across the board. We're just talking about as a business owner, business owner to business owner right now, let's look at your prices and ask yourself, am I, have I been testing my prices to find out exactly what the market will bear? All right. So let's talk about like price testing. Like when you're, when you've determined, all right, so I need a range to work with. Like when it comes to my conversion rates, for example, we've talked about like in the remarkable practice, we talk about there's a range of 75% to 85%. That's your desired range for conversion rates on a day two with a new patient. Anything below 75% is going to tell you to take action. In other words, look at your process, look at your procedure, look at your people, look at your training, right? So, are we, you know, that's, that's, you know, underperforming, right? So you start, you know, getting between 75 and 85, that's where you want to be. You start getting north of 85, you start seeing 90, 92% conversion rates. That's also telling you to take action. And the action that we're suggesting here is one of the things you should look at is, increase your prices, right? So you might also look at like, are you making it too easy for people to start? So you end up with like, you know, buyer's remorse and people dropping out of care right away, what have you, right? So uh, that's, a, again, an episode for another day. Right now, let's just talk about pricing. It's usually an indicator that, you know what, the market would 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 bear more, right? They would pay more. So you start this price testing, you know, process. So you bump your prices up a bit, right? So as you're bumping the prices up, Dr. Pete, there are other numbers that we want to watch, right? So you know the story. One number is a fact. Two numbers are a story, right? So if the one number we're looking at is increasing the prices, obviously, what is that going to impact? You're going to see that that's definitely going to impact collection visit average, right? So it's going to impact your revenues, right? So those are those are direct impacts. But what kind of indirect impacts could it have? The first we've talked about is conversion rates. You got to keep an eye on the conversion rates and make sure that, you know, like, hey, you know, what if that conversion rate drops down from 92 down to 86, down to 85? Okay, right where you want to be. You don't want to see that thing dropping down, you know, to 80, 75. Then you just push too hard on that thing, right? So you're stress testing the marketplace by doing that. So conversions, new patient conversions, that's going to be one side of the equation that we're going to look at to make sure that as you bump your prices up, you don't undermine your conversions, right? But on the other side of it is you also want to look on the retention side of things. And you want to look at if I bump up my prices, how does that impact my stick rate? Okay. So stick rate is, you know, another way of saying retention or patient visit average, right? So with stick rate is a metric that we use to measure like 30 day stick rate, like for people that start care, what percentage of them make it to the 30 day point? you know, 60 day stick rate, you know, so for people who start care on day two, what percentage of them make it out to 60 days, 90 day stick rate, four month stick rate, which in the TRP system, we call the R4 stick rate, right? Then R5 stick rate, like, so these are all stick rates that you should have a, you should have a record of if you're, if you're really watching your practice, like you love to say, to know your, to grow your practice, you got to know your practice, you've got to be able to look ahead and say, what are those stick rates? And keep an eye on those things. So as I bump my prices up, I'm going to watch not just my revenues grow, right? What I'm going to do is I'm going to look and I'm going to say, how does this impact my conversion rates for new patients starting? But also, what are the implications of my, you know, how would that potentially erode the retention, which is the long game, the long tail? 
which of course is ultimately our objective to create ideal patients and collect ideal patients. So we don't want to undermine the long game by bumping up the short game, right? Bumping up the prices involved in the in the initial conversion. So, so two things then, Doc, that came to m- that are, that come up is okay. So, how do you determine that it's right? And you gave a great example with the percentages. So, you know, you brought up a few different percentages. You brought up conversion percent. We talked about you looking at your value, like the the value per the collection visit average. Uh, we also looked at your PVA. We're looking at that. We're looking at stick rates, 30, 60, 90, four month stick, one year stick. We start looking at these numbers. So the first thing you have to look at then right now is what are those for the business right now? Where are you at? So don't just look at your prices. What Dr. Steven is saying is, yes, look at your prices, but but look at it through the lens of these key metrics, these key KPIs to say, okay, where is the business performing right now? Now, you may, those, some of those numbers may be down. You may be below 85% with your conversion percentage, your collection visit average. Some of these things may be down. That, that may also be an indicator that you need to increase pricing as well. Maybe you're just, it's not being valued. You're not being valued for what you do. And that actually could be an issue. It could be a training issue. It could be an issue where, you know what, we just haven't really dialed in our day zero, day one, day two process and we really need to go back and revamp that because you know we have not we haven't we haven't made the optimizations to that that we need to so so there's there's a lot of factors to take into consideration as you do this audit of the pricing so that's one and then once you determine hey we're going to do the price bump then what you need to do is like Dr. Steven said you need to have a 6 to 12 month period of time where you actually look at the data because you're not going to see the data for the six month stick with the new price points for six months. So there's got to be a commitment to data, to tracking the, the metrics and say, okay, this was before May when we did the price, we right-sized our prices, we price increased in May, let's say. So now we're going to have to wait all the way until you know October to really see how this has impacted the business so we have to have a long game view. We have to be able to d- separate the stats, what things were before we increased the prices. Now let's look six months after, let's look at what's happened since we've increased the prices. That's where you're gonna have to test it and see. So the test isn't like, we increased it on Monday, we had two report of findings and they didn't close. We're going back to the old Yeah, price. just don't do that. <laughs> That's not how we do yeah. it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we, we, we've gotta be mature and we gotta say, okay, once we, we release this, we're committed. Right? There's a conviction, there's a commitment. We say reten- re- conversion is a reflection of your conviction. That includes your care plans, your financial plans, those agreements we're making. So go back and st- get convicted around this. There's got to be a level of conviction, Dr. Steven, around right-sizing your pricing, which is why I talked about the heart of it at the beginning, because I said, listen, if you don't have conviction around this, the first the first you know sign of opposition, it's kind of like, you know, let's go back to the way it was before. Yep. You know, yep. and that's not what we want to do. So just just uh, make sure you have a, a the right view of this a, as you go through this process. There was so much in what you said right there. I want to tease out a few of the gems. So, you know, one thing you said there, and, and just for an overriding narrative on this is remember that it's, you know, when they, when they don't convert very often, it's death by a thousand cuts, right? So it's not necessarily just one thing, okay? But we all know the power of pricing, 
Okay. So just stop for a second, right? Like when you, let's say like I, you know, I was, I was looking to buy a piece of jewelry for my wife for our anniversary, right? So you, when you wander, if you're anything like me, you wander in a store like that with great trepidation, right? So you walk up or you're buying a car, buying a house, whatever it is, right? So in the absence of value, all you have to go by is cost, right? So it's like, I, I, I don't know what I'm looking at when I'm looking at these pieces of jewelry, for example. So you see one, you see one that's $5,000, you see one that's $1,200 and you see one that's $400. What's the best one? <laughs> like, you know, nothing else, right? So, you know, nothing else. And you know, Pete, can I say this? They all look exactly the same, right? You're just like, all you have to go on is cost. So like, so literally immediately in your mind is like, well, this, this is the best one. Okay. So it's true with you buying cars or you buying houses or watches or right. Let's just call it what it is. Right. So that's how the human mind works. So when people are shopping around town and you're looking for, you know, they're looking for the best chiropractor. Are you underpriced, right? Are they looking at it and be like, okay, so clearly they're the best, right? I want to go see the best, right? So, and they're the best. You don't have to be the most expensive, but that's just a visceral example of like how we use price in our minds, right? So it's like, we don't, we don't have, in the absence of value, in other words, we don't know anything about chiropractic yet. We know we want an outcome. We have a lot of value for the outcome. How do we find the best chiropractor? Well, in the absence of value, all you get to go by is cost, right? That's one piece of it, right? So, and if things are sideways in your conversion process, et cetera, don't blame your price, okay? That's probably the last thing you're going to look at. Look at, are we establishing value? And that's an entirely different conversation, right? So I, I love what you where you went with that, Dr. Pete, because it, it is critical that we recognize that that number will communicate a lot, right? Price will communicate a lot. And we have to recognize the power of that, okay? Now, what you said after that was you got to keep an eye on your metrics over time. And, you know, it sounds like a lot of work, right? Well, you know, guess what? The juice is worth the squeeze, right? Because if you get your pricing right, you know, you're going to be scooping up all that money you're leaving on the table, okay? Because let's let's do a very, very easy example of, of how much a one minor price shift can impact your profit, right? So... Let's say you have a hundred dollar product that costs you. So, so it, you charge a hundred dollars for product. Okay. It costs you $90 to fulfill that product. Right. So your profit is $10. So that's a 10% profit margin. Okay. So you charge a hundred dollars for a product. It costs $90 to fulfill that product for fulfillment, right? Delivery. So there's $10 left over, which is 10% of a hundred dollars. So you have a 10% profit margin. Well, what if you bump the cost to $105? It's still $90 to deliver it. So your profit just went from 10 bucks to 15 bucks. You've just increased your profit margin by 50%. Okay. This is really impactful when you start looking at this at volume, right? It says that very simple exercise. What we just did there is we tweaked your price. We bumped up your price by 5% and increased your profit by 50%. Okay, so yeah, you've got to embrace the fact that this has a lot of impact when you start, do, you know, multiplying it, multiplying it by a thousand products, right? So as you look at the amount of particle movement that you're delivering through your practice, right? Doc, tell you what, 
when it comes to price testing, as much as you need to apply the knowledge that we're sharing with you on, you know, in this, in this episode, for some of you, you're like, man, I need to take a look at not just my pricing, but my process. I got to look at my people delivering my process. I got to keep an eye on my metrics and I can never take my hands off the wheel. I've got to be watching that dashboard of my business over time. It sounds like a lot of work, but CEOs, listen up. When it comes to price testing, the juice is worth the squeeze. Please stick around for more business insights from this week's bonus interview with our remarkable success partner, dedicated to helping you more successfully help more people. Enjoy. All right, remarkable CEOs. So today I'm honored to be in the studio with an amazing success partner, one of our incredible uh, supporters of the remarkable practice, remarkable CEO for many, many years. Uh, Dr. Stephen Kirby with Cairo Launch. We're going to talk business. We have two things we're going to talk about today, I believe, that are going to really energize you as a listener to our program. Number one, we're going to talk four seasons as you are listening to a CEO, and he is going to share a bit about his journey and launch, build, scale, exit more than once, multiple businesses within our space, but in the Cairo space, serving this industry for many years now, successfully helping more doctors become more successful. So I believe that listening to this man will help you be more successful. So Dr. Steven, thanks for uh, taking the time to join me today on the Remarkable CEO podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yeah, I've, I've been around for, for quite a few years following you guys and something really resonated with with me and Bobby and and, and Steve maybe five or six years ago. And, and uh, I came out to my first event in Austin, Texas. So it was a, a good 20 odd hour flight. Um, got off, got there about midnight and then um, had to go into the seminar right away at eight in the morning or something the next morning. I, I really didn't know what day it was, I remember. But um, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was only a very small event. And now watching how things have grown is, is, uh, is pretty awesome. So I love that you have that uh, history with us, that you remember the beginnings uh, and and you were there here in the States, you also were obviously been in Australia when, when uh, Doc was coming over there in the early days. And uh, so talk to us a little bit about your business journey, your journey in business. And uh, I know you had uh, shared with us last time a little your origin story into chiropractic, but talk about your business journey. I'd love to get into your launch because you've been through the four seasons. We talk about launching, building, scaling, exiting. You've done that and you've launched, built and scaled again. So talk a little bit about your journey and, and then bring us up to speed kind of where you're at right now. Yeah, so um, you know, my journey really started when I was even in high school. I started selling selling things, um, you know, very early days. Um, Dad was of a sales and marketing background, but in pharmaceuticals, and um, he actually told me that if anything, if you're going to do anything, get into something that's more natural health. Believe it or not, but he he used to be he was a GM of of quite a big um, pharmaceutical company here, and everyone knows ICI. They created D, uh, DNA. Um, he was the head of sales and marketing here in Australia when they had ICI pharmaceuticals. So my background was going to some of these events where he would be the head speaker uh, and, and giving all their marketing and sales teams little things to do and little exercises to do. And I still remember, you know, these grown, grown men and women getting around a table and building Lego together. He used to say there's no I in team. And he used to try and, you know, grab these reps together because salespeople like to kind of do things themselves and just sort of have this authoritarian way. Um, and he had this way of getting getting them all together. So from a young age, 
uh, I was going to some of these, you know, really big events with some pretty key speakers all around the world, you know, from the Mediterranean to the States to, I was pretty lucky, you know, so that was, that was the, uh, the beginnings. And when I got into chiropractic here in Australia, you know, marketing was like a really bad word, you know, a lot of people thought they couldn't actually um, create offers or they couldn't do anything to get people in. It was just, you know, treat them well and they will come. And we all know that that's not really scalable, right? We need predictable outcomes. So that's where I started working on, you know, a, a solution, whether it be, you know, I was doing screenings and all those sorts of traditional things, but we started to put together, you know, website and, di- and digital, you know, assets to, to actually get new patients to come in. That was within our very strict guidelines at the time, which are now starting to change. But, uh, you know, I started, you know, in my first practice and, um, you know, I had a, a young daughter uh, and first year out, I'd, I'd uh, taken over a practice uh, in Geelong, which is a, about an hour out of Melbourne where we, where we live now. And within the first year, we grew by 30%. And I had, that was my first ever practice. I'd, I'd never, you know, um, worked for anyone or anything like that. So that was, that was where we, we began. Wow. So then from that origin, that first practice, what happened then from there? Did you stay there? Did you move on? What was the next steps? No, so something clicked. I've been offered a couple of times to sell the practice and um, something clicked in my head and and I I went to uh, move to the Gold Coast, which is like our second second home and met up with the, the bonfire crew uh, and started in some practices there and then started some other practices on the Gold Coast um, with a couple of the guys and um, you know we we grew a lot from from screenings but I started to see how we could apply screenings digitally I met my wife and all our family were in Melbourne so we decided to go ahead move back and we we built our practice uh, in Melbourne uh, using predominantly digital marketing and so basically started doing it for myself knowing that at screenings, people were just starting to look at their phones as an excuse. And so I thought if their attention's there, let's just go and be there. And I was talking to a friend in Canada and he asked if I could help him. And that's where we started doing, officially doing marketing for other chiropractors. It wasn't that I thought, hey, this would be a good business or whatever. It's just kind of based on that and surveys. Like I was asking coaches, like I asked Steve, I asked Russ Rosen, I asked a few you know, what's the biggest issue for chiropractors? And it was always, you know, new patients and consistent new patients. And so my focus has always been from a doc's point of view, like if I'm running this, like when I, I guess it's how we were brought up, but basically if I've, if I've, if I'm in your house, I'm going to treat it better than my own. And so I want to make sure that if we're trying to help you as a chiropractor, I'm getting you results. It's not just fancy marketing and making it look pretty. It's down to what are the stats? How many new patients are you actually getting in the door? And what are you doing with them? And that's really what matters. And I think the biggest thing that, that we've found is, is that a lot of chiropractors don't even know their stats. You know, they've, they've, they haven't got an awareness on, you know, their vital signs is what you guys call it. And even the focus with us is like CPLs or, you know, cost per lead, but you can have a high cost per lead, 
but be converting a lot of people and have a better return than someone's got a low cost per lead, but they're not doing much with it. And so people understanding each step of the process is really important, you know, when we're, when we're doing things, but also just come from a results-based marketing point of view. It's like, these are the amount of people that are actually interested now get them in the door, right? So that's uh, that's been the journey. So we've built a few practices, exited, been a part of a few, quite a few sales now, like where we help out with some of the sales because they're clients, we, we go and do that. And so I've seen a lot of people as well as myself going through those different seasons that you guys discuss. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Really an interesting journey. I love that. I think I think it's awesome that you have, you know, that you have a, an appreciation for a couple of things. Number one, the the seasons as you've navigated those seasons. Number two, the data. You know, we talk about you know using data metrics. We call them vital signs, as you said, to having an understanding of not even just each step in the process, but what's happening in each step of the process and based on the data to know where there might be an adjustment needed in the process or some sort of an adjustment needed in the scripting or the procedure. So I love that you have an awareness of that as a chiropractor who, you know, obviously markets for chiropractors and helping doctors reach their people. That's a big thing to me. And then also the results point of view. So beginning with the end in mind, and recognizing what real ROI could look like and how it doesn't look the same to everybody, right? It's not a cookie cutter approach, like you said, on what that can that can look like, depending on you know who your audience is and where your location is and what your budget is and what your goals are. And I mean, there's a lot of factors to take into consideration. So talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, I, I mean, so very clearly you've been in the game, you know, built multiple practices, exited multiple practices, you've built a marketing agency as well. And, and I know you you have more opportunities, you know, going to be coming your way um, as you continue to just lead in this space. So talk a bit about what you're up to now, and maybe even more specifically within the the arena of marketing. What's uh what's kind of the climate, the temperature right now? It's 2023. Uh, what do you see happening? What do you see coming? Uh, what are you doing about it? What can we do about it? Love to hear from you on that. Yeah, so we've been doing a lot of different, um, you know, R&D uh, in the background. Facebook's still leading uh, the pack, but there's other things in there that that we've implemented, like um, reactivation campaigns that really consistently draw people in for a very low cost. There are already people that have been your customers, so it's a lot easier to have them start back. And there's there's different ways of doing things that actually get them to come back in. So that's that's been a big focus of ours. And running some TikTok ads and doing those sorts of things has been quite um, advantageous, especially in the States. There's different, uh, pla- a different platform in the States. So we, we have to do some tricky stuff with VPNs and things like that to make us look like we're in the States. But, you know, that has been quite successful as well. And so I think, you know, moving forward, what I like to stick to is what's successful. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people with marketing, they'll have something really working well and they'll go to try and change to something that they think is going to work better. Mm. And we've got an mantra over here at the Cairo launch that, that's bred by me is that you don't replace a successful action for one that you think is going to be more successful. Mm. So you've proven it, right? And so a lot of the time what I see is people doing really quite well 
and then going and veering off in different directions. Like, hey, I need to do this to decrease my CPL, but this is working well. So do that as well and see if that can prove if that proves itself. Um, and so that's a lot of the time I see people just jumping to different silver bullets. Mm. At the moment it might be chat GPT or it could be TikTok or whatever. But if you've got something working, um, I think that's 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 something that you, you stick to first and then move yes. on from there. So hopefully. I love that. I think it's a genius, it's so simple, but really kind of profound. We we kind of think that you know, we have to keep moving on and, and maybe we are the ones that get bored. Like I'll, I'll give you an example. I know this is old school, but screening, you know, I know you built your business on screening originally, you know, when you first started and, you know, I look at screening as an example, it's 2023 and I have, I have clients that I work with who are screening and they're successfully bringing in new patients. As an example, it's still effective. In other words, like you said, stick to what's successful. If you are a screener screening clinic and you have a town that does well for screening and you historically have screened and screened well, it's still a valid method to market and it can be very effective. And um, another one would be speaking. I know for a season during the pandemic, you know, things might've been shut down for a while. We, we pivoted and audited and went to like maybe webinars and things like that. But now we're back in many places, most places around the world doing corporate talks and doing dinners with the doctor, things like this, doing uh, events, you know, speaking events. And those are successful and they could be successful. You know, you don't have to overthink this. Digital marketing, same thing. It's successful. Why, why, you know, change things up? Like you said, you can, you can be a, just because you're digital marketing doesn't mean you stop screening. Just because you're screening doesn't mean you should stop digital marketing. Like you should really, we teach having the three tributaries, internal, external, digital, a third, a third, a third is a general rule that we teach. Like you need to be having your digital marketing going. You need to be doing the external marketing. You need to be doing the internal marketing. That might feel overwhelming to some people, but the reality is, is that's a really healthy marketing approach, right? You should be able to have, but they should all be successful to some level. And if it's not, then that's when you make the changes. But if it is successful, stick with it. I mean, speak to that just a little bit about how do you advise clients who are maybe looking to, I want to get rid of all my other marketing and just depend a hundred percent on digital. And then all, all the pressures on Dr. Kirby and their crew over there, Cairo launch. It's like time out. That's not a, how a CEO approaches marketing. Can you talk a little bit about how you kind of, well, let's be honest, like a lot of the time they do. And a lot of, a lot of businesses that we are working with are relying just on digital. Um, and that and that gets them through and it's easier for them. And that's that's one of the reasons why I produced this was because I didn't want to be, you know, taking my weekend away from my family to do a screening. I get it. But it doesn't mean we just stop doing all these things. That consistent flow is so important. And COVID should have taught us this. It shouldn't have just taught us, oh, we should just do digital. It should have taught us that it's important to have as many communication lines out there so that we can have, you know, as, as many people educated in current practice. I remember the first chiropractor I worked for, amazing, amazing guy, still working, um, Dr. Victor Portelli. He used to see like 200 people in a day when I was working there. And I'd ne- that was my first introduction to what, you know, chi- a true chiropractic clinic was. So I didn't know any different. And, and through university, I learned that that's not the norm. Right? But I used to watch him go out and do talks two hours away. And you'd think, well, why would you do that? How are they going to come two or three times a week? 
it was just part of his disseminating nature to give out this whole and you know bj and all these guys just talk about it give it out for free they used to have a radio station all sorts of stuff he used to just go out and do these talks and you know what people still drove you know they'd drive from two or three hours away to come and see him you know they'd spend a, a day or two get a few adjustments then go back and and do this you know weekly to, to solve some of their you know some, some serious issues that we were seeing at the time and so you know, I've seen firsthand how important it is to give out that free content. And so what I see sometimes is people getting stuck on, this is my only avatar. These are the only people that I really want to target. Or I only just want to target this small area. And it's like, guys, you know, overall, we need to educate people on what chiropractic is, whether or not they're coming into your practice or not, it will come back to you. You know, I know that now doing, you know, so much marketing and being a part of so many practices the people that do best are the ones that disseminate. Like you can see a clear difference in stats with someone who's doing workshops and disseminating and, and doing everything, like giving us all the content that we need to actually scale what they're doing and spending the money and not being a tight ass. You know, that's a big thing as well. I mean, it's pretty sad to see that gyms spend more money than us marketing, you know, and their returns are shit. So I think, you know, th these are just some of the truths that I see, you know. Wow. Um, this is what we work with. Good. Well, I'm glad that we have you in our space because you talk straight, you tell the truth, and we need more marketers who know what they're doing, but also can counsel the docs and what they should be doing as well as we navigate, you know, an ever-changing marketing space and the climate and the economies and the avatars and how people are finding, like you said, you noticed that the screenings, people were actually looking at their phones, like, hey, what's up with this, right? So paying attention to what's what's actually happening where people are. How do our listeners to our podcast get in touch with you, learn more about you? I know you service uh, clients worldwide. So what's the best kind of way for people to learn, you know, take take the next step with you? Uh, they can get in touch with me. There's, there's two ways. Like I'm an open book. They can look me up on Facebook. It's Stephen with a PH and Kirby. It's, uh, you know, me with with uh, my kids or my kids, sorry, as a profile pic. Uh, or thechirolaunch.com, you know, go along to that, uh, look us up, book a call or reach out to us via there and we can have a chat, you know, it's um, pretty simple. Beautiful. Well, I appreciate the conversation. Always love speaking with you. Always love talking to marketing. Like you said, still one of the biggest pain points for Kairos worldwide marketing, the generation of predictable new patients and uh, you're helping bridge that gap for many docs. So thank you for what you're doing to serve our profession. Thank you for being a success partner with us, which means that we align, we share values. We're on a mission together to help docs help more people. So thank you for all you're doing to help them and help us. And thanks for taking the time to be with me here today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, it's been good to watch the journey uh, and you guys grow uh, and us be a part of it in, in, some, in some way. So I, I will drop this, that things that are coming next, uh, we're looking at doing more results-based, um, you know, uh, a payment for us as well. So you, you got where people pay per result. Um, you know, I think a lot of agencies out there are just charging those fees, which we do as well. Um, but you got some some people that are getting 100-odd new patients a month and, and some that are getting 20 or 30. And so I think that some sort of allowance for whatever you're getting uh, in the actual door makes sense. So that's kind of where we're looking at heading as well, just dropping a little bit of a, a hint. But. Wow.
Awesome. Well, I appreciate that as well. Uh, very helpful to know. And we appreciate you staying up with all of that and being attentive to the, the clients and the results and the needs of the people. And uh, I, I greatly appreciate that. So thanks for dropping the hint there. It's good. It's why we work with you. All right, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, being a part of our Remarkable CEO podcast. As you know, uh, every week you can tune in. We release an episode every Tuesday here in the States. And uh, our hope is that we would continue to add value to help you on your journey to become a more remarkable CEO. So remember to tune in next week for the next episode of the Remarkable CEO podcast. Until then, God bless, take care, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.